Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Tomasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Welcome once again to another edition of Sportscast Radio. We are coming at you live here, April 17th, 2018. And boy, oh boy, is it some fire going on when we talk playoffs. I wish we still had the the, uh, Jamora playoffs because we could use it. The NBA playoffs have been tremendous. Uh, some, Some very surprising games. Some blowouts, some some close games that have gone down to, you know, the proverbial wire, depending on how you look at it. The NHL playoffs have seen some destructions, some upsets. A team that I laughed about and didn't even analyze the series is making me eat crow. Uh, shout out to that that uh, SoCal or North Car- uh, Cal team, whatever they are, but... Uh, yeah, I, I got to eat some crow saying the Sharks are going to get swept. Uh, they just won 8-1 to one last night against the Ducks. They're about to sweep the Ducks. I was wrong. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have I shouldn't have uh, discounted one Logan, uh, Logan Couture because that dude is, is playing great. So we'll get into that here uh, middle of the show. Uh, looks like, hey, there we go. Jordan has <laughs> arrived. What's up, man? Hey man, sorry my uh, my uh, technology was failing me so terribly bad. But uh, okay, shout outs to Delano DeShield. Yeah, <laughs> and his uh, and his his daughter or not his daughter, but uh, uh, JoJo Offerman. I don't know why I was thinking of Jose Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> his, his daughter dating Bray Wyatt. Anyway, that's a that is a wild uh, conundrum that we don't need to get into. But yes. Uh, we got a lot of playoff talk. I cannot wait to break it down. Also, before we get out of here tonight, we got to talk a little MLB with the tremendous impact of all these snow games and cold games and players complaining that games weren't canceled and with the Braves game the other day. I mean, it's it's just been amazing. And once again, uh, we got to talk about Shohei Otani, who is, I mean, some of the stats that I heard, are just unbelievably ridiculous on the guy. Um, <laughs> real quick, just 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 some some awkward stats for you. Not awkward stats, but some interesting stats. Jordan um, Shohei Otani has the yeah. third fastest average on his pitches, uh, only behind Chris Sale and Noah Syndergaard, and he's averaging like ninety-seven point one miles an hour per pitch. He also has the third fastest velocity of hitting a ball off of his bat at 90. Oh, man, my phone's going ham. At 97 miles an hour, only behind Aaron Judge and uh, I, one other player. I can't remember the other player. But this dude's third at power and third at uh, fastest pitch. He's he's leading and slugging. He's leading and whip. It's It's incredible. And tonight... He goes on the mound in about an hour. 
pitching after that great game against the Athletics last week when we were on air against the Boston Red Sox. This is a game that I think is can't miss, and we really get to see what Shohei Otani is against a you know a real lineup. So I think that's yeah. definitely something we got to talk about. Uh, just random, uh, obviously MLB banter as well. But man, these playoffs, these playoffs have been just insane. I already ate crow before you got on the air. Um, after I laughed and didn't even bother to give an analysis of the Duck Shark series, uh, Sharks eight to one over the Ducks last night, and they're up three games to nothing. Boy, were we wrong! Oh, dude, you have no idea uh, how much I like. I love. I, you know, it's it's almost a uh, it's a pastime of myself to dog the Sharks, and uh, obviously uh, they they kind of showed up. <laughs> <laughs> the the sharks in the words of one uh guadalajara mexico fighter apparently came to the table they were a little bolder <laughs> oh man the, the the sharks came out like the iceland uh the iceland hockey team against the mighty oh ducks in the, uh, that olympic, <laughs> that olympic Dude, apparently logan couture is gunner stall because that's what it looks like on the on the ice <laughs> Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna hit you with a break real quick. Get this out of the way. We got to talk about FML Solutions and and what they can do for you this deer hunting season. Pay a couple bills when we come back. NBA playoffs. But I also want to get into this Kawhi Leonard San Antonio Spurs thing. And I think before we talk playoffs, when we come back, let's talk the the Leonard thing because I don't want it to get lost in all of our playoff talk. But there's a great, great soundbite I have from Brian Windhorst. And there's also a really interesting, I don't know if it's, you know, one of those things where you read between the lines or people are blowing it out of proportion, but Greg Popovich did a very interesting interview and had some, some words to say about a member of his team. And I'm wondering if he's throwing shade without addressing the person, but I want to get into that, like I said, when we come back. But let's let Alex tell you about FML Solutions. We'll be right back. Sportscast Radio. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassemble with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this Illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. 
Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune and at more. We are strong style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> It's my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Ah, like I'm the king on the microphone. So is Dr. J and Moses Malone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it. Oh, man. That's what's up, bro. Yeah, that was hype, bro. Hype. Ladies and for for those of you that didn't know the lyrics. And if you don't know, now you know. And yet they're still Kapuya, Kapuya. <laughs> I just imagine you agape right now, just like uh, uh, what? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like the DJ on the turntables. Y'all didn't like them. Take nerds. that for data. Uh, <laughs> and, and for those of you that are hating, you just made the list. <laughs> oh my God! Shout out to Curtis like Blow. All right, shout like out to Curtis Blow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and 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 this one's just for Elijah because we know that this guy probably didn't like it. Oh, Bob Aram. Stupid oh, Bob Aram. That's hey, a Bob Aram. I'm on a soundboard <laughs> rant right now. I was say, I think that I think that that this that coming back from that break just made you hit every button bar right there. I don't think that's yeah, ever I'm, happened here. I'm I'm jacked right now. 
Ooh, that was tight. That was tight. If, if it wasn't so long, I would totally play Paul Pierce talking about Ben Simmons as being ostriched and listening to Jalen and Jalen and Beal give him the "What the hell are you talking about?" I know. God, they were so bad. About some basketball. Oh my gosh, the NBA playoffs have been. Just insane. We've seen a lot of games go down to the wire. Um, everything that I said uh, when I was talking to Elijah last week when we were on the air and, and Jen barged in here unannounced, I said, hey, we have to make sure that we all raise up for Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner to make sure that they can solidify the sweep to bring LeBron back to LeBronjulis in the Lakers uniform. LeBronjulis. Victor Oladipo slapped them. Oh, my God. They almost beat by 20 in Cleveland. Uh, Bone Thugs was not happy. Uh, Cleveland <laughs> oh, is not the city where you come from after that one. But I, I'm before I get too excited, I'm sure, I'm sure LeBron's going to come back tomorrow and drop, like, 40 with, like, 15 and 15. And I, I know it's going to get ugly. I just yeah. – look, any way I can benefit the Lakers – I'm thoroughly excited to do so. Um, I'm, I can't wait for him to be on the other side of Staples Center. Oh, my God. See, this is the problem. This is the problem. Hating. <laughs> Hating over here. Uh, oh, threw me off. You, you threw me off with this Clipper Daryl rant. But let, let's, let, let's, let's dive into this one thing real quick here because this has been such a such an interesting turn in the last 72 hours. Kawhi yeah. Leonard they they asked Popovich, when is Kawhi Leonard coming back? And he said, I don't know. Ask his team. I'm starting to wonder, is it is it the Spurs that was just a shadow of, you know, it's this great team? Or is Kawhi Leonard maybe, when everyone said, oh, he's just a silent assassin, that maybe this silent assassin, I mean, maybe – where do you look at this? Because Greg Popovich came out today and was talking about LaMarcus Aldridge, how he is a model teammate. He's done everything they've asked of him. He's he's taken a step back when needed to. He's he's came with the team when he didn't need to. You know, just yeah. basically talking about how he's one of the greatest teammates he's ever had. I, Some um... people that as as a shot at Kawhi. Some people don't just say, look, people are just blowing this out of proportion. What do you think about this whole situation with Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs? I, uh, I, I got the direct quote in front of me. Do you want the direct quote? Yeah, I was just spitting off, off of uh, memory. Yeah, there was a direct quote. Uh, LaMarcus has been a, a monster all year long. He's led our team on both sides of the floor. Uh, he doesn't complain about a damn thing on that court. He plays through everything. I can't imagine being more proud of a player as far as playing through adversity and being there for his teammates night after night after night. He's been fantastic. Now I got to be honest, man. I listened to that. Popovich, Popovich is the coach's coach. He, uh, he, he, he'll call you out without calling you out. Um, and, uh, and I think that he just did that. I think, uh, I think that was some of the, the most top notch sneak dissing I've ever seen. Uh, I think it's I think it's straight up legitimate. I think everything he said is true, but I'll be damned if the 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 context uh, the underlying context isn't about uh, one Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think I think given how some of the the 
um, attributes given during the season um, with Kawhi Leonard, you know, uh, possibly wanting to trade out or, you know, some of the other rumors that occurred mid season. I think, uh, I, I think, and I don't know where the disconnect is. And that's, that's, that's what I see to be a problem because you have such a great talent in Leonard and then you just have something that's not clicking. And it's so weird because Leonard doesn't strike you as that prima donna. You know what I mean? He doesn't strike mm-hmm. you as that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's where I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really torn because it's one of those things where, you know, the Spurs doctors have cleared him to play. Kawhi's only played eight games all year. He said, well, you know, yeah, they cleared me, but I don't feel comfortable playing. I know my body, then they know my body. I get that. But at some point, um, some point, I also look at the fact of when you have people like Isaiah Thomas who did the same thing and they let him come back, it basically derailed his whole career when Boston allowed him to play. You look at you look at Joel Embiid, and he's the exact opposite. They're not, you know, they cleared him on concussion protocol, but they still haven't allowed him to play, and he's going crazy. So yeah. there's so many different ways that that this can be construed. You know, Elijah points out, Tony Parker saying his injury was worse than it has been was the nail in the coffin. I kind of think we may, we may never see Kawhi Leonard play in a Spurs uniform again. But do, do the Spurs strike you as a team that says, ah, screw my players? I mean, this is Popovich we're talking about, who's rested stars uh, before it was a thing to do, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I don't. That's that's why disconnect with this as a whole, right? Because I don't understand. You know, okay, I get it. If Leonard truly doesn't feel it's his body, and that's that's his prerogative, I get that. I absolutely yeah. get that. But if there's somebody saying like uh, the Spurs, and particularly Popovich, uh, isn't one to look out for the players, I'm not buying it. That's something I can't buy. And and you know, I think I think one thing that really stood out for me and kind of backed me on the Spurs situation is exactly the guy he's talking about, LaMarcus Aldridge. This is a guy who was told, well, if we bring in so-and-so in free agency, we're going to move you to center, even though we told you that, you know, you would be coming in as a par four because you didn't want to play as a four or you didn't want to play as a five. And through, through whatever he agreed and said, fine, if we do anything, we do anything. They didn't, they brought in Paul Gasol. They left him at the four. Boom. LaMarcus Aldridge, as as great as he was in Portland, and in a way how his stats have taken a hit in San Antonio, this is the best I've ever seen LaMarcus Aldridge play. Like, I test. I, he's just out of his mind. I mean, I think he made the All-Star team this year. Yeah, um, don't quote consistent. me on it. Yeah, and that shows the, 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 the organization he's in. And what I'm wondering about is, what Elijah mentioned with the Tony Parker thing, you know, you kind of got that little fraternity that's still there with Manu Parker and Popovich. And if Kawhi rubbed Parker the wrong way, did Kawhi go, you know what, this just isn't going to work. And maybe it's a, it's a amicable split. But I think the interesting thing is if you're Kawhi Leonard now, I think you have a lot more leverage than the Spurs do. Because depending where you say they do trade him, he's he's a free agent next year. He can do whatever he wants. So if they go, hey, we're um, we put a deal together and we're going to trade you to Dallas, and he goes, 
I will not sign a, uh, an extension with Dallas. So I will up and leave Dallas. Well, Dallas is going to go, well, without a guaranteed contract, we're not going to give up a pick in Dennis Smith and something else. Which, which really makes me wonder how this is going to play out. And I say that because Brian Windhorst was on Sports Nation, and this is what he said, and I'm going to play this for you real quick. Uh, it's over my phone. I couldn't get it uploaded because Blog Talk for the last week has not liked me on uploading clips. Thankfully, our commercials did get through because we couldn't get ours on Sunday through. But this is what Brian Windhorst had to say. And this is pretty interesting when you think about what's coming up in free agency. Check this out. Let me, uh, let me just make sure we got some sound. There we go. But I also want to point something else out. As you think about what could happen for, with Kawhi, LeBron doesn't have to be a free agent this season. That's people, people forget that. LeBron has the Chris Paul option in his contract. LeBron can force a trade to somewhere. So a team that even is full right now, you say, well, they don't have cap space. If they could figure out a trade, way to trade for Kawhi, they could, they could force their way. And the reason that Kawhi has power about this is he's only got one year left on his contract. He doesn't have four years left. So if he goes to the Spurs and says, you're going to trade me, I'm not going to sign an extension there. You can't trade me to Toronto. I'm not going to sign an extension there. You can't trade me to Milwaukee. He's going to say, I want to be traded to this team. Wait, are you saying Kawhi team. and LeBron want to play together? I don't understand. Explain I, that to me. Well, I'm going to say it this way. If the, if the Cavs get knocked out before the finals and LeBron has six weeks to think about things and six weeks to get in touch with Kawhi, things could get a little crazy. Just think about Philadelphia, for example. I can construct you a way that Philadelphia could trade for Kawhi Leonard and sign LeBron James. Wow, is that an interesting monkey wrench that we never thought about in this wild offseason. Do you think that there is a way that a team like Philly could get the Spurs to make that kind of a move with San Antonio knowing in the back of their head of what Philly could put together? That's, I mean, uh, I mean, oh, that, I mean, that's it's already gross, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. You look at Philadelphia's team now; they have one of the best young cores in the league, if not the best. I mean, uh, and 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 it's something that can only get better. A trade like that, uh, depending on how they work it out, uh, could put them in a substantially balanced team um, in regards to uh, age, but definitely the experience and the abilities. Uh, definitely overwhelming uh, as far as what they would have. It'd be gross. You know, if you if you put a big four on the court of Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James, <laughs> I mean, that's and, – and once again, you're staying in the East? You're running out there. Sorry, Boston. You guys did a great job getting Gordon Hayward and Kawhi Leonard, but you didn't get – or uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, but you didn't get Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. It's a little different. Yeah. So I don't know where this is going to go. And the way that this is, has opened up today, I thought this was the number one thing that needed to be discussed. Um, you know, I, I Snapchatted you that, that clip of exactly what, what LZ Granderson was saying. If I am Rob Palenka, I am calling San Antonio the minute Golden State knocks them out of the playoffs and says, what do you want for Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. You know, it's one of those things too, that I look at and I, I, I still think though, like with, with the LeBron James possibly being tied to Kawhi, that one, that one for me, it doesn't, I feel like it, it kind of seems a little hyperbolous uh, because mm-hmm. of, 
you know, he's not a banana boat guy. You, yeah. you know, he's not, he's not, I, you don't hear LeBron openly pining his successes, so to speak, or uh, so, I mean, and also like it's a guy who hasn't played all year, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, what are you, what are you going to get out of him when he does start playing? You know, like there's, there's still question marks and that's something that I still want to be somewhat realistic on. And, and, and that's why I, 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 I look at this and like, I, at first I heard it and, and I was like, Whoa, but then I, it, I slowly kind of taper back a little bit just because of those, those, those fine question marks. And again, what, uh, that that's still, what kind of shape is he in mentally? If he feels that he's not ready to play, but he's been cleared by, by professionals, you know what I mean? Like, is it a mental aspect? I mean, we've seen that before in players too. So, so here's, here's you, you, you gathered a whole bunch of questions that I have. Um, two statements on the Kawhi Leonard, not being a banana boat type guy. Um, Kevin Love was not a banana boat type guy. And that when it became available, LeBron wanted it. The second thing I'll say is, up until a week or two ago, I can almost guarantee you this has not been a notion in anyone's mind of somehow Kawhi Leonard getting to a team with LeBron. I think now that you've made it a realistic uh, possibility, just like Winor said, you know, if and when the Cavs don't get to the finals, I mean, I, I still think they bounce back from this Pacers thing, but wow, this is a definite shock. You know, you're giving LeBron James six weeks to think about I didn't know I had an option of playing with Kawhi Leonard. So I think so that that no, throws, throws a wrench in it. <laughs> so piping on that question, then if you're LeBron James, uh, what package is going to put it together, right? I mean, who, is, is, this is going to be another one of those really interesting off seasons going in where you do have, you know, Paul George, you do have, uh, I mean, obviously now you're going to have the possibility of Kawhi on the table, you're going to have, uh, I mean, who else uh, was your big dream? Uh, Paul George. Um, and LeBron while keeping LeBron. Julius Randle. Yeah, I I mean, say, I, realistically, if you think of the free agent class right now, I think with Boogie's injury, with his, with his Achilles injury, and with the, you know, potentially could have won most improved play if it wasn't for Oladipo, I think Julius Randle now becomes the third most attractive free agent in this class. I really do because, you know, once again, he'd be a senior in college right now and he had such a tremendous upswing. You know, we, we saw the photos of how well he turned his body over the summer. I mean, this guy took the challenge that Palenka and magic gave him and he rolled with it. And, you know, you know, I, I said it before, he's making me question how bad I want Paul George. Because now I'm like, do I almost say you keep Randall and go for LeBron and let George walk? I mean, it's, it's insane to think. But here, here's my thought is if you're Philadelphia. So, okay, so say, say, um, say you know, you're San Antonio and I'm calling you up, right? And I were to say, what will it take for me to get Kawhi Leonard from you? If, if I called you and asked you that. Uh Man, if so, if you're LA and you're calling me that, no, I'm I'm Philadelphia. I'm calling you up and I'm saying, hey, what is it going to take to get to get Kawhi Leonard off your books? You know yeah. he's going to walk. You're not going to get as much as you can for him. He's been unhealthy, um, well, and we all know very, how it's going. At the very least, I'm getting a, a first rounder. At the very least, 
right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm cool. So, you know, you're R.C. Buford is, is basically yeah. when I'm calling you. I'm going, look, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do something that's going to help you. You're going to do something that's going to help me. And if it works out, maybe we can see each other in the finals together. Tony Parker's not getting any younger. Uh, Pau Gasol is a nice little piece, but he's not – He's not getting any kind of younger either. Mato Ginobili's not getting any younger. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you Markel Fultz, who we took number one overall. Yep. And I'll give you TJ McConnell. I'll give you a first-round pick. And if I really need to, I'll give you Dario Saric on top of it. Hmm. I mean, obviously, if, 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 if I'm getting those four items, if I'm getting those four items, I'm taking it. Done. Because especially now some especially people, you're you're giving away the house on a one year contract, right? And, and unless it's going to be a no, you're talking now here's you're talking sign and trade, right? Yes, the, we need to okay. have a sign and trade, and he needs to be a full five year contract. I want okay. him at the full because okay. now where some people would go, wow, you're giving you know maybe Fultz a first and you know because because Fultz can play the one or the two. You got Dejounte or Dejounte Murray who can play the one or the two. So now you got your backcourt of the future, which Popovich can mold. you got LaMarcus Aldridge. you got Dario Saric. And you can use you know, a guy like T.G. McConnell in, in situations. And those are the kind of guys that Pop can work with. And I know it sounds like I'm giving up a lot, especially throwing Saric in there. But we can just move Ben Simmons to the point. Ben Simmons goes there. And then we got Embiid at the five. we got LeBron at the four. we got Kawhi at the three. I could play the two. Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I consider, to be honest, like if I'm, if I'm Philadelphia, I probably, I, I don't probably put it that together. I probably get rid of, uh, get rid of JJ Redick, Markel Fultz in a, in a one. And I think that, Redick's that gets it there. Deal. Redick's a free agent. Oh, oh shoot. That's right. Yeah, Redick's that not a one is... year $20 just because they had money to spend. They had to spend it or they get fined. Hmm. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, <laughs> So now I gave you our first round pick. Okay. They still have the Lakers first round pick this year, meaning they could go ahead and draft the guy like, like, um, well, I just said, I'd rather have Covington than McConnell. If I'm giving up Covington, I'm not giving you Sark then. Um, that's Mm kind of why I went on McConnell because I got to keep Covington. Covington can play my two or three. And then now I got that pick that I can use and draft a player, you know, a lottery pick that you're getting from the Laker. So, I mean, you know, I didn't think Philly realistically had as good of a chance as some people thought, but this whole thing today has really made me think differently about this. Now, here's something else that I heard, too, that I think could sway – LeBron to not even worry about the Kawhi Leonard thing because I'll tell you this if if you're LeBron James let's let's role play once again and I were to say you could play with Kawhi Leonard what we don't know what he's going to be or you could play with Paul George and the and the team even though they're going to spend all that money on the two of you found a way to keep Julius Randle to me I think that's a more surefire bet you agree or disagree yeah. I agree. So, and it's also where do you want to play, right? And 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 let's be honest, LA is a lot more attractive than Philly, especially with him moving all of his businesses and his kids' schooling and everything there. So, 
Atlanta apparently is in dire want for draft picks, and they have a lot of cap. The rumor going around today now, apparently with this Kawhi Leonard talk, which has gotten even more things going, is there's, there's a talk that if the Lakers were to throw, you know, their, their 2019 – or one of their picks this year, probably the one they got from Cleveland, um, like a 2020 first-round pick, and then you say like a 2022 or a 2023 first-round pick, since you can go far out, you just can't because of the stipend rule do back-to-back first-rounders. But essentially you give them a first this year, a first in two years, and then a future far out that you, you make unprotected and basically would be lined up for when LeBron would not be there anymore or George's contract's up so there's a chance it wouldn't be a good contract. But essentially if they throw them the Cleveland first this year and a couple futures, they would take Luol Deng. If they take Luol Deng, you can now bring back Randall, sign LeBron, and get Paul George. Is it worth giving up that many picks to make that happen? Uh, if I mean, obviously, you, if, if all those pieces are guaranteed to fall into play, yes. That's, that's what I'll say. I, that, I, it can't be a maybe because if you do one and then you mortgage the other and then you get burned by it, you know, if, if it's not going to happen, um, then, then you, you, you lose out, right? Like that's the thing is that that's 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 such a dangerous gamble if you, if if you're doing them sequentially or, or unless you got it all locked and say hey we're gonna get this this and this yeah are you in you know now, like my, that, I, that that's that's the contingency problem. I I guess my assumption would be this trade to move Luol Deng would be done after they had signed LeBron and Paul George because then they would go okay we got the two locked up. Here's your picks. Now we can match whoever offers a deal to Randall, or we just sign them outright. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's you, you could that, trade that's one. realistic. Yeah, that's so, realistic. Um, a lot of moving pieces without, and and the crazy thing is everything that that we just talked about was all hearsay talk because you really can't say anything. So this off season, man, this might be a lot crazier than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it could be like the NFL. Oh, yeah, their offseason was pretty dang good. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. You know, I kind of switching base from obviously the free agent to the current events. Um, playoffs, man. Uh, you know, you had some some pretty good games, like you said in the first uh, the fr- the first go around here. You had a couple weird blowouts, and then there's people coming back like Dwayne Wade. Suddenly, uh, looking like uh, we call him Young Dwayne Wade, uh, Gabrielle Union Wade got really offended by using the term "vintage" to describe her husband, saying he's been doing this all along. But uh, I, I got to keep it real; like he hasn't quite been doing this all along, not all season long. I, you know, not not past three years long. Let's let's keep it a little bit real, Ms. Union. Uh, but uh, you know they come back. They come back, beat the Sixers. They tie the series up. Do you think they actually have a chance to beat the Sixers in this series? I want to say no. But if they if they take Game Three on their home court, I think all bets are off. Um, here here is the one that really intrigues me: is Hassan Whiteside is just has been nothing he's not blocking shots they can't keep him in the game in the fourth quarter 
He's fighting with teams. It's a really weird situation what's going on with him. So that that definitely hurts the team. You know, you you need Hassan Whiteside to be stepping up to really go in there. I now I will say the thing that is helping them, I think, is with Whiteside slumping, there hasn't been Joel Embiid. If Embiid gets cleared to play, I don't think he's gonna play game three, but I think if they go down two one to Miami, we will see Embiid in game four. Whether it's okay, we trust you, you're in, or he he's fine from his fracture, face fracture, that they do let him back in. But I really think that if if Embiid was playing it might be a 2-0 series. But Wade, man, he was hitting those crazy, I'm going to drive on you and then stop and shoot the floater over you. I mean, he, you know, he looked like that first ballot Hall of Famer that he's going to be again. It was, it was insane. And they asked him about it, and he said, you know, I, if I knew what I did differently, I would do it every game. It's just in my DNA. You know, I, I love the big game moments. It's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But... So I don't, are you, I don't are you saying it's, it's, Kelly Olynyk's not the guy? Uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but he's been putting in good minutes. Uh, he, he finished yeah. up with 11, uh, you know, 11, 6, and 5. Um, not exactly what, you know, you want as far as points goes, but honestly he was contributing pretty dang well to that victory, uh, especially in the fact that Hassan Whiteside, like you said, uh, four points, five rebounds, uh, zero assists in 15 minutes. I mean, that's – uh, minutes this guy's you know this is this guy's a max deal player 15 minutes yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous is this Uh, this real quick on Whiteside is this one of those things where Hassan Whiteside you know got the deal because of how well he played but is this the same dude that was a second round draft pick that was once on the Sacramento Kings and he kind of just plateaued and that was it it could be uh, honestly I mean uh, you know yeah, he, I mean, he's he, the last uh, with the last four games, he's he got he's like averaged maybe maybe fifteen minutes, twenty two against uh, in the regular season. Going back to the regular season, there just yeah, not not putting it out there. His regular season averages, uh, he's he was averaging what fourteen points and eleven rebounds. I mean, that's that's not exactly. Uh, I mean, it's a double double for sure. But you know, you you definitely need more uh, more overall output if you're gonna, especially especially when you're that big. You're that big, bro. You only average 25 minutes a game. Like you're supposed to be their 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 starter, their big guy. It's Gross. it's weird. It's it's weird. It's just um, I don't I I don't know how to react to it because it was so abrupt. And I mean, you know, this dude didn't see one minute in the fourth quarter, and they won back to back games. He didn't see fourth quarter minutes. I don't think. Yeah. You know, but I, I will say not to dog Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk is is a perfect guy for what this team is doing right now, where he kind of just goes in there and you know just does does enough that that gets the team over the hump. It's kind of like um, you know, it's kind of is he kind of like Vujicic, where he just kind of come in there and make a couple things happen. You're like, oh, I'm glad we have that guy. Heck yeah. Bring on the machine. Uh, <laughs> you know, so a quick score updates. Obviously, the Raptors uh, handled business over the Wizards. They're up 2-0 in the, C- uh, the series. Uh, currently, if the score stands, the, the Celtics looking to go up 2-0 on the Bucks at 78-64 with uh, a quarter and four minutes to go. Um, you know, 
2-0 lead for the, the, the Warriors, looking like the Warriors without, uh, without Steph Curry. Uh, proving that last game uh, of the regular season was nothing but, uh, we'll call it placement. Uh, of the games that are 1-0, uh, 1-0 or, or 1-1, uh, who do you think? Who do you think has the best chance to potentially come back? Oh, all I right. Think, you have the Cavs, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, under the Pacers. Oh, I uh, think Portland has a chance to make a comeback. Uh, I mean, they they lost that last game on you know by two points, um, and there was there was a foul that a lot of people thought happened that they didn't call. Um. I still think the Jazz have a chance to come back on the Thunder. And, I mean, obviously, you know, the easy answer is the Cavs, which is why I didn't give that one. Yeah. But I think I think out of the, the interesting ones, Portland and Utah um, have a definite chance to come back, especially since they're still the home team for game two, you know, and they, they could tie the series up. But, yeah. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and even Minnesota only lost by three. I mean, they uh, played very well against the Rockets. The problem is, and, and here, here's another interesting debate that I want to have. And, and uh, we're going to, you know, we, we'll talk about it for a second. We don't have to dive too much into it, hmm. but, but I heard, I've heard this discussion come up and the way I heard somebody describe it really, really made a a valid point but is James Harden arguably the hardest player to guard ever I mean the way that he gets away with some of that back double pivot step travel every single person gets away with all that you know no, what I'm saying? I know I know I know but like um <laughs> no. you know I'm gonna say no I'm gonna I'm gonna say no you know, I, I feel, I feel like LeBron using his ridiculous physique is is harder to guard than than him. I feel like I feel like Kobe's Kobe's ability to go baseline, um, or or pull up and do a step back, uh, you know, in your face whenever he wants his elbow, his post. You know, as far as like overall ability, I no, I don't think he's better than 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 a lot of these guys, to be perfectly honest. I think he's – go ahead. I'm saying he's better than them overall, but I just mean in a, a – because here's the thing, is if you look at Kobe, you know, they figured out ways to to make him struggle. You know, we, we've seen that. We've found ways that have made LeBron struggle when, you know, when the right guy is on him doing the right thing. Um. The one I would say that I thought came to my mind was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because of the hook shot. Yeah. You can't guard that. I mean, it, it physically is proven you can't guard that. But this is the point that the, that the person made. Uh, it was L.Z. Granderson, now that I think about it. And the point he made, why he argued it and was kind of swaying the panel, was the whole point of saying, you know, how hard is it to guard somebody? You, you have to figure out the way to stop them. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. you can't stop James Harden when he's driving. I mean, the way that he can hit floaters over people is, you know, the last two seasons is just remarkable. It's, it's incredible watching him. So you would, you would think that, okay, well, 
do what you did to, you know, say LeBron, where you, you keep him out of the paint. Don't let him use the physique. And, you know, that's what one thing some teams did, you know, and it, it stops them. But James Harden is, is doing step-back three-pointers. So you can't even force him out of the paint because he's going to hit a step-back three-pointer on you if you make him stay out there. This guy doesn't have a it's, – it, there's no weakness to him. I, I, like, I still, I don't know. I still don't. I still don't. I feel, I just feel, I just truly do. I feel like he's not, I don't feel like he's the best scorer, or even the best weapon that we've seen for, for teams. I just, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Historically. Yeah. You said cream. You could say Jordan. You could say, I, you know, you could say Shaq, you know, like, well, I mean, Shaq by following him. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll you know, give you that. So, still, so, still, so Jordan. I, I'd, still, I'd still put Kobe. I'd still take Kobe over him. And and I think when it was all said and done, I probably would. And it, you know, it's probably just because I'm biased too on on that aspect. But really, the thing with James Harden is, you know, when when you say to stop somebody, you have to create their weakness. The thing with Kareem is, you know, it's just two pointers all day, which is fine. You can't stop that, but. Like I said, right now, as of as of this season and last season, there's how do you stop Harden? I I've yet to hear anyone tell me how you stop him. That's going to be coached by Dan Tony in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a good answer. There's there's not a good answer. But also look at look at look at the guards that he's going against right now. He's, there's there's not there's not anybody on this team that's built like it. There's not anybody on this team that can that can attempt that. You know what I mean? I think I think come next I, I think come next round. I think come next round. I think next round he'll see some some potentially better defense. Factual. But I mean they've had Jimmy Butler on him and Jimmy Butler's one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, but we're we're one of the we're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Sure, but what I'm saying is when you defend the guy, so it's one on one. But they play the you pick and roll. But but he, he if you watched game one, he was he wasn't doing any. He was just doing whatever he wanted. He literally went up there and said, "Hi, Mister All NBA Defensive First Team, I'm going to expose you," and he did it. It was. It was unbelievable what he was doing in that game. I, 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 have been, I just, I, I was baffled. I'm going, what do you got to do to stop this guy? Yeah, you got to body him. You, you got to body him. It, it's just, I, I know it sounds easy to say, but you, you got to, you got to play physical. It's the playoffs. Uh, and that and that's a fact. You know, you want to get in any of these guys' heads right now. You play physical, and that's what's going to separate the the big teams, the good teams, from the teams that uh, do or don't win it. You know what I mean? You need a guy. The fact of the matter is, you know what? Uh, <laughs> tell me, Draymond Green's not going to make uh, make them work a little harder. Um, tell me, I'll, tell I'll, me. Uh, Elijah just jumped in real quick. He said Harden can create for himself and others. He's one of the most crafty players I've ever seen. He gets to the basket and can shoot. His offensive IQ is ridiculous, and he's strong though, so you can't body him. Uh, like, but, he, but that's a, yeah. He's but I, I still I still refuse to believe that he's the be all end all at this point. I, I like if go thing right. Like, he played one game. He dropped forty-four points. He still missed. He still he still shot. You know, fifty-five percent. His biggest crowning achievement was those three pointers. In fact, of the matter is, they're not always there. 
But is is he not going to win the MVP this year? You could make we, an we, argument for three we guys. Not last year, if if Westbrook didn't average a triple double, like yeah, I get what you're saying. I well, I understand that, but but okay, we've seen it. I think that's the problem with it, which is stupid. But like I I I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is like I just I I I don't know. I just I feel like I don't know. Maybe I've just watched more James Harden this year. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still convinced that Chris Paul's the the be all end all. As far as the, you want to talk about the biggest improvement for that team, having Chris Paul exist because of the way that he moves off the ball for a guy like Harden. You want to give him credit for being a great IQ. It's it's also the IQ of some of his teammates. Uh, so James Harden shot fifty five percent. Um, and if you body him, he's he's getting to the line almost every time. So that almost eliminates the whole bodying the guy. No, but that's that, but I'm talking like I'm talking about real players. Like the the wolves, no, the wolves ain't gonna get a call against Chris uh, or not Chris Paul against uh, against I just, Harden. I, 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 I hear I, I'm not I'm not trying to have an argument over text message either on, on any of this. Like I'm just, I'm just saying I, 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 I don't believe he's the be all end all, and I think I think the game one is not a. a a prover of it, and I feel like they're still at the end of the day, they're not going to be hoisting a championship. I, I'm not saying they will either, but I'm just talking over the course of an 82 game season. This has been one of the most dominating offensive juggernaut performances I've ever seen anyone have, and I've not seen one person have an answer for him this season. And what so he where's didn't the credit for Chris Paul's existence in Houston like that that's huge. That is huge. I... I'm not discrediting him. I'm the first one who said I'll eat all the crow in the world because I was wrong with how this worked. But I think you think I'm discrediting Chris Paul how I think you're just discrediting Harden just to do it because you don't believe no. it. No, but I'm, I'm saying if you take Chris Paul off that team, I guarantee you, I guarantee you all of his numbers go down. All of them. I mean, what was, what was his numbers compared to this year? Last, Last year. year's or this year's? Oh, I'm, on I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. How sway? How? How We need the how sway button while you're pulling this up here. Uh, all right, all right. All right. Uh, let's see. Field goal percentage is uh, literally almost the same. Uh, let's see. He's getting. Uh, oh, that's not right. That's per game. I need a, yeah, there's my per game. Averages per game, uh, 29 points. So he's getting an extra point. Uh, he's getting, actually, he's worse than last year, uh, statistically. Is but what, what are they? Uh, 29 points, 29.1 on average. He averages 30.4 for the, uh, for the points this year. All right, so an increase, an increase of one. Uh, assists, he had 11.2 last year. This year, he's got 8.8. So he's still uh, average. So hold on, hold on. So let me let me just let me just drop let me just let me just put this out there to get get your opinion on this. So he yeah. went from 11 assists to nine assists, but he switched off of point guard to shooting guard, and he still almost averaged 10 assists without being the primary ball handler. The are you are you saying he's not the primary ball handler? Paul is. Look at look at the look at the possession of of who pushes the pace on the floor when they're both on the court. Okay, okay, and, and but so, then then if that becomes a, like again that becomes where's the basketball IQ then if if he's being fed. Well, but he's 
I just, I just not... don't get it. I, that's all. I just don't. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand the praise. I don't. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, if 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 he moves to the two guard and he's still getting nine assists a game, he's he's look look at what he made Clint Capella this year. Clint Capella is another guy who's going to be. A, a most improved player candidate because James Harden's drawing so much attention when he goes to the paint. He's just dishing it off to the inside, and Capella's getting a two hand dunk. And and, it's, Clint, it's, uh, and look at uh, look, look at uh, old boy. At, uh, who's our guy uh, from the Clippers to Detroit? <clears throat> Boban? No, uh, not Boban. Oh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, look at Blake Griffin. He was he was. Uh, how many more points did he have when Chris Paul was there? How more relevant was he as a center, as a big man? Yeah, but that's see, but you can't compare. Don't big... say that's different because look what he's doing for Kirk. That's also for Capella. No, but what I'm saying, yeah, but this is also for James Harden. Difference maker, man. I, I'm just saying, like James Harden's great. I just don't. See, I don't. They're not coming from Chris Paul. They're coming from Harden. What's what's his rebound numbers? Uh, re- probably exactly the same, if that. I didn't think that would really change too much. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I, I just, I just wanted to ask you about it. Um, let's let's talk about this Cleveland Cavaliers situation. Oh, actually, a lot less. Uh, three less. Three less. Okay. So, okay. So from eight Cleveland, to five. Cleveland's playing Indiana, mm-hmm. and Indiana is letting guys like Kyle Korver just shoot, and they're not guarding half of the guys, and they're making Cleveland just beat themselves. It's a strategy that I'm not that I didn't expect them to take. I thought they would just nose to the ball, let's go. Instead, they're strate- they're strategically letting people shoot that shouldn't be shooting that aren't doing what they were brought to this team to do. It's a strategy I haven't seen before, and I know it's hard to grade Indiana because they're you know they're not a team that's on TV a lot, so you really don't get to see them. But it was such an interesting way to play the game that by the fourth quarter, LeBron looked a little tired because he was, you know, like, oh, my God, I literally have to do it. Like, we talk about how he, he does everything on this team. He literally had to do everything because of this. <laughs> now, they win 98-80. I think they started letting off the gas by the end of it because at one point, I think it was like a 23-point, 25-point game. Is this just a fluke? Or is this something that maybe was the smartest thing they could have done coming into the series? Um, I don't want to say it's a fluke. I think uh, I think they got by by obviously Oladipo crushing, but they had a lot of they had a lot of good points and quality from their interior. You know, Bogdanovich did all right. Daddy's Young did all right. Uh, Miles Turner, you know, they're all contributing either some rebounds. Uh, but I mean, as far as Miles Turner and Bogdanovich getting it done, even Lance Stevenson killed it with 12 points and, 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 and did Lance Stevenson things. Um, God, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I'm not, I'm not ready to call it a fluke. Um, but at the same time, I mean, are we going to get 10 points out of Larry Nance Jr. again? I, I think the the quality of the I mean, he, he better not. They got they brought him in for a spark. He needs to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Look at oh, I Jeff know. Green, Jeff Green, 0 for 7. They just let Jeff Green keep shooting. Yeah. Kyle Korver, 0 for 3. Jose Calderon, 0 for 3. 
they they let they let J.R. Smith shoot. Yeah, he had 15, but he was six for 11. I mean, yep. LeBron 0 for 4 from the arc. Green 0 for 3. Clarkson 0 for 3. Calderon 0 for 3. Corver 0 for 2. All these guys could not hit a three pointer. They were just letting them take these shots, and then they were just snagging the rebounds and going in and beating them up. Uh, I, I don't. Maybe uh, maybe maybe the loss hinges on uh, Tristan Thompson and. Uh... <laughs> And his off-the-court escapades. God, Tristan Thompson played two minutes. And this is another reason why everybody, you know, people say, oh, LeBron may stay in Cleveland. He may, but he ain't going to win with Tristan Thompson taking $17 million a year when he plays two minutes. Nope. Uh, You know, know, even Kevin Love in 34 minutes, nine points, that's not something you want. I mean, he got 17 boards, but nine points is not enough. Um, Rodney also Hood had nine points. I mean, come on, he played twenty-one minutes. Like that's just—it's not—it's not something you can do. Kevin Love, when he was in Minnesota, would just stand under the rim and get rebounds. You know what I mean? Like yep. he got his seventeen rebounds, but he did what he did. And then he went and played, you know, uh, nativity piece in the corner, and just waited yeah. as as all of his—you know—he he made three shots and they were all threes. Showed what he was doing. You know, LeBron still gets – explain to me how he gets 12 assists in this game. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, they're going to double – got to double team eventually. It's just what it is. I mean, somebody hit a shot, I guess. You know, he played 44 minutes. With the, with the way that Indiana's playing, I don't and, – and here's the other kicker is Tyron Lue said he expects more from LeBron out of the gate because he had, didn't have any points in the first quarter or whatever. Really? Like I'm not one that always defends LeBron, but get the hell out of here, dude. If 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 I would uh if if I were LeBron James, I would I would hit like a three near the bench, push Teron Lue over, and step over him like Allen Iverson. <laughs> All right, because because that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, you want to talk about things out the first quarter? If I if I pull up that uh, that that box score, I mean, the entire team had 14 points. All right. They they got score outscored damn near uh, actually over two two to one as far as uh, scoring goes. That's ridiculous. That means nobody's no, nobody's playing defense and they're not making the shots. The entire team because that means only seven buckets were made. Period. If if the Pacers win tomorrow and go back to Indiana with a two zero lead, do is there a reason to be nervous if you're a Cleveland fan? Hell yeah, there's a reason to be nervous because the, the only thing that comes after this is uh, is is Browns football and and Cleveland baseball. <laughs> Cleveland baseball, at least they're in second. They're, they're at least they're in second place right now. But that that's you know, that's your only division. <laughs> what's they're in second place? And what's the record? Under 500 or something? Like that division is whack. Oh, we're above 500. <laughs> don't 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 dog us, bro. We the division. What's that? Are we winning the division? Yeah, but we're above five hundred. Don't don't do it like that. Cleveland's eight and six. They're they're one game only. You know, one loss away from being five hundred. Like that's all. I'm just saying the rest of the division's bad. <laughs> hey, hey, that's all right. That's all right. We'll get to we'll get to baseball. We'll get to baseball. If we ever get over this, uh, I'm all heated because because uh, of the love for Harden. All right, I, I just think I, I think I'm not I still, even- I still, yeah, I still contend. I still contend that dude ain't nothing but uh, the 2.0 version of uh, of uh, 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 who did I say? Um, 
uh, somewhere between Tracy McGrady and uh, and and Carmelo. Oh, because he at least gets out. He can get out of the first round. Tracy McGrady didn't even get out of the first round with Yao Ming. That's true. That's true. And that's... Let's take a break. <laughs> Are we done with the NBA? I'm 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 done with the NBA. Okay. I'm um, <laughs> all right, real quick before we before we jump out, Elijah's been waiting for an hour to just talk like five minutes of NBA. So I'm gonna oh get, my god, uh, <laughs> Elijah, you so, there? So yeah, so I'm not hey, the all be all basketball. I'm not. Okay, go real ahead. Quick, real quick, real um, quick. Four is yours. We'll give you from now until 9.05, and then we got to break and go to NHL. So you get the next – you get the last five minutes of NBA. Take okay, it away. I'm not going to take that long, but – I'm not going to take that long, but <laughs> – so I'm not the end-all, be-all basketball. You know, I've only been alive 37 years, so I haven't seen a lot of players play in the past. But, like, for my money, James Harden – is one of the best offensive players I've ever seen. Just Absolutely. going on offense and, and what he can do on offense. What he does, he is, he is like, for me, he's one of the top five, like, most unguardable guys I've ever seen because you can't, you can't stop him on offense. And if you do kind of get him to have an off-shooting night, he can create for other guys. And, you know, you said the point about bodying him up. You can't really body him up because when you body him up, he draws fouls and he just gets to the foul line because he's like just he's so good at drawing fouls and he's so good at using like ball fakes and hesitation and his dribbling ability. It's just to me, it's crazy how good offensively he is because he's not a tremendous athlete and he still finds ways to like get to the basket and draw fouls and stuff. So. I'm, all I'm going to say about Harden is, is that I think you're being a little harsh on him. And if you just take out, like, accomplishments, championships, and playoffs and stuff like that, if you just watch, break him down and watch him, if you just break him down and just watch him as a player and don't think about his accolades, he is one of the hardest people to guard in the NBA and probably – like I said, for me, top five, one of the hardest people that I've ever seen to guard. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And then for the NBA playoffs, Jimmy wow. Butler, what the hell kind of – what kind of shot was that? <laughs> okay, let me, let me say this real quick. I didn't want to say anything bad about the Timberwolves, but when Elijah comes out and says something, then I think it's all fair game. <laughs> That would have been a terrible three-point attempt, but it wasn't even a three-point attempt. His foot was on the line. <laughs> like, I love Butler, but I love oh. Butler, but man, that shot was just, that shot like ruined my night. I was watching that during standing eight count and I almost like punched myself in the face on air after I saw that shot. <laughs> he's out. He's out. Oh, yeah. To see to see LeBron go to for the whole like Kawhi Leonard thing. I just I just think Kawhi Leonard's just not. 
he just doesn't want to be a spur anymore. I don't think it has anything to do with him, like, being, like, mentally weak and whatever. I just don't think he wants to play for the Spurs anymore. I don't think he was ever really, like, in the good old boys club of the, like, Popovich clan, you know, mm. even though he's, like, the best player. I, just, I don't know if he ever really fit in with Popovich, and I think – now that everything's going on and then with Parker like kind of saying the whole my injury my hamstring injury is worse than his and I played through it or whatever just I think those comments just kind of just made it over like I'm done here so So let me ask Elijah what do you think with what we said you know we talked Lakers we talked Sixers we talked trade packages we put these guys together wrapping this up what do you think this does for free agency now it makes it crazy. I mean, there's so many possibilities now because Kawhi Leonard is essentially, if you trade him, it's going to be like you're getting a new free agent because you're going to have to sign him. So, I mean, it's just he's essentially another free agent that's out there now that he's going to be traded, and that's just another guy to add to the pool. So I think it's crazy. And then Hawks, like Mike Mike Budenzer or whatever his name is, Woodholzer. he's probably going to go coach. Yeah, he's probably leaving for the Suns, so you got that. And then, I don't know, just a lot of stuff going on. And my last point I wanted to make is about Hassan Whiteside. I think Hassan Whiteside is one of those types of guys that to get, like, the full potential out of him, he has to be, like, perfectly happy in the situation that he's in. And if he's not happy and stuff is going on around him, he's going to turn into, like, a malcontent and not play as good as he can. So, that's that's, yeah. my, that's my thoughts. So I am. I'm done. <laughs> uh, that's Elijah Cook. Uh, he Elijah Cook. Elijah. Cook. That's Elijah Cook. I thought he, I thought Elijah called Kawhi Leonard a Vulcan or Hassan Whiteside a Vulcan. Damn. Damn. I call them malcontents. Okay. There we, there we go. Uh, Eliza McNeil, <laughs> standing eight count. Uh, big shows this last week and upcoming. Only here on the Strong Style Media Network. Let's go. Oh, Groom Schmidt. And I hate James Harden. Like, I do not like – I've always been, like, annoyed with James Harden. And, you know, if I'm giving him props like I am, he's got to be doing that- something. That takes a lot. That takes a lot. Real quick before we take a break, Elijah, why don't you plug uh, what's coming on this Sunday on Standing Account? Well, this Sunday on Standing Account, we're going to have uh, Jamal James on on air. Oh. He's going to come in and do an interview with us. Jamal, Shango James, the, the main eventer of that big uh, PBC event at the Armory on Friday the 13th. So he's yeah. going to be on, and we're just going to talk about him, what's next for his career, when he's going to be looking to fight again, just how big, how big it was for him to get that big win in front of his hometown crowd. So it's going to be tight. We just keep going, baby. Super tight, extra tight. <laughs> we get that break. Come back. We're going to talk about Lord Stanley, Stanley, and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sorry, I was trying to get my next Friday on. Uh, anyway. I can't wait. Yeah, everyone knows that when it's hockey time, it's Ryan time. So Jordan will probably, Jordan, I'm going to let you run this segment and you can follow through me again as you did last time. And I, I want to embrace the NHL and I will not take, take your thunder with Taylor Hall questions this time. I swear. 
I was, I was a good Samaritan and not just Elijah last week. I just started ranting because he, he like got my motor going on hockey and I just took all his thunder. So I'm not going to do it this week, but I am going to hit that play button and take a break. We come back for Stanley Cup playoffs right after this sportscast radio. Uh, Strong style. Strong style media. <laughs> play, damn it. Play. Your late night hip-hop and R&B podcast, Total Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network, catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust me the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time, See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my power. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the real, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted to I, it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. My. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. We're gonna win Don't wanna be a loser Gonna win Cause winning really is the only thing Get out of the way We're coming in You wanna fight You step inside the ring Does anybody wanna take a swing It's gotta be all about this It's It's you no, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Sportscast Radio. Coming back at it. 
we're going to win. You know, I thought he dropped an F-bomb when he was talking about fighting. I was like, dang, he's two for three on these vulgar songs. And then I stopped and went, wait a minute, Brian Adams is dropping an F-bomb? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that, that song is low-key kind of tight, though. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I listen to it. Is that a new... Is that our new drunken PUBG song night? We're gonna oh, win. We're gonna win. Don't wanna <laughs> deal with the AK. <laughs> this, this Saturday night, come check us out as we'll be live on Mixer. Hammered, shooting guns, singing Brian Adams. <laughs> on the Earth Strong Style Media Network. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Brian Adams. You know awesome. it's true. <laughs> that everything I do, <laughs> I do it for you. The Batman soundtrack. <laughs> oh man! Oh, all right, all right. I, I got it. Let's 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 break it back. All right. Just went to overtime. Two two. If Columbus wins this game. Dude, they're up 3 nothing on the Capitals. I know we talked about the Capitals choking, but is this a little ridiculous that they may get swept by Columbus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think, man, I hope it doesn't happen. I, I, want, I want Ovi um, to make a deep run. I, want, I Honestly, I would. I, here's the thing is, if magically they come back and win this series – and then go all the way, I'd be pretty damn stoked. Yeah. And it'd be a good story for Ovi, too. You know, Washington, mm. what, what threw me for a loop with this whole playoffs is uh, Brayton Hopi was kind of struggling a little bit down the stretch. So for the last few games in the season, they put up Philip Grubauer. And Grubauer got, you know, just got hot. He was like 7-3. and three. He had like a two-something goals against average. It was doing really well. And they ran with him. You know, down 2-0. They said, oh, maybe we should have been playing Brayton Hopi this whole time. Hopi now goes in. I think Hopi had played 59 out of 60 playoff games going into this series for Washington. So that really threw me for a loop after we had talked last week that I'm, you know, I'm watching game one, they're getting slapped, and I'm going, who the hell is Philip Grubauer, and why is he in the game? Yeah. I thought Hopi was hurt. Yeah, Hopi's, Hopi's in tonight. Doing all right. Yeah. Faced uh, 26 shots, only let in two. Um, they're ahead on the shot, uh, the shot numbers as far as the Capitals go. They got um, 31 shots on uh, Bobrovsky. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously overtime. It's, it's the best time to watch uh, playoff hockey, if you're asking me. So, uh, let's, let's enjoy this. Yeah, I, I love it, too. It's, you know, they got 11 minutes, 50 seconds left in their intermission. Um, you know, Artem Benarin. 4-12 into the third, tied it up, and, and we haven't seen anything since. So it's it's been a good, good game. John Carlson took the lead for Washington, got assisted on by Backstrom and Ovi. Ovi's gotten two assists tonight. Matt Niskanen got the other one on the on the Wilson goal. You know, but but we're we see Panarin goal and assist. He's starting to look right now like he did in Chicago. Um still shocked the Blackhawks dealt him to Columbus to get Brandon Sod back. I think Columbus won the deal on that, on that trade. And right now, Panarin getting a second of the series, you know, he sends him to overtime. We could see Columbus up three, nothing. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, that very real will may, may happen. Um, you know, they're at home. It's gonna be. It's obviously gonna be a good, um, a good atmosphere for them. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't really have a horse in that race. I do. I'm just saying, I wouldn't mind to see Ovi in it. But obviously, statistics show. Uh, you know, even the greatest scorers in a league get gunned down in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know, you know, a, a perfect title. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a perfect guy that I look at, and and this is a comparison I haven't heard anyone say before, and it's surprising because of the Russian background. And I know Ovi's a much more physical player than opposed to the speed of this guy, but Ovechkin, in, a, in an odd way, kind of reminds me of Pavel Bure, a guy who scores sixty goals. 50 goals a year, but just can't get it done in the playoffs. We saw Bure get traded to New York where he was on a what looked to be a super team, couldn't get the get the, get the job done. Um, he made he did make a Stanley Cup in 93-94 um, when, when Kirk McClain was on fire for that team. Trevor Linden was playing really well. Uh, Alex Mogilny. Uh, you know, or no, McGurley wasn't there. He was in Buffalo still with Lafontaine. But uh, but Pavel Bure, I mean, like they they were they were no, they did have they did have I, I'm I'm wrong. I'm I'm thinking of two things. But regardless, you know, Bure never got that cup hoisted. He did make the cup. He got beat by Mark Messier. There's not much you can do there. But you look at Ovechkin, and it's the same thing. He scores all these goals. He gets all these crazy fancy goals, but he just can't win the big one. Yeah, and he's got and that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is he's he's always he's always been competitive with his team. I mean, they always are in the president's trophy running, you know. So you can't say they're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're not. It's not like oh well, they they sneak their way into the playoffs. You know, they're winning the division in the same division that that Sidney Crosby's sitting in. So it's not like that's you know that's a problem with it. Two years ago, Brayton Holtby won the Vesna. So it's not like they didn't have the best goalie in the league, only to get bounced in round two by Pittsburgh. And I, I think the only thing that hurts Washington, and they made an attempt two years ago when they traded, the same year Holtby won that, that Vesna, and they got Kevin Shattenkirk. And they finally got a stud defenseman. They had signed Matt Niskanen, and they had a really good pairing back there. And I, if I remember right, Pittsburgh beat them in seven. And that was the closest I think they've ever came with Ovechkin. And they might have made a conference finals, but I feel like that year, 2016, the first year Pittsburgh won when they beat San Jose in the Cup. Ironically, the Sharks were in the Cup two years ago. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they finally had the defense that could help uh, keep the puck away, and we saw it with Brayton Holtby winning the Vesna. So, you know, obviously he was standing on his head and playing great when Sergei Bobrovsky really deserved it that year and didn't get it. But Holtby gets it. They got two defensemen. They spent the money on him. You know, Kuznetsov was playing great. Baxter was playing great. They had TJ Oshie, who was a household name at this point. Ovechkin was, I think he might have won, he won, he might have won the MVP that year. I, I could be wrong. But they had such a good team, but they still couldn't get by Sidney Crosby. Is this 
is this and I, and I know I said I wanted you to run this segment, but I, this is a question I want to ask you, and then I'm gonna then the floor is yours because I'm already yep. taking over too much, and I don't want to do that because I love talking it instead of going with it. But I know it's not the NBA Finals or the the Stanley Cup Finals, but is Sidney Crosby almost the Michael Jordan to Ovechkin being the Carl Malone, where Ooh. he can get all the way there, but he just can't get it done because he can't beat Jordan. Man, um, gosh, that's, ooh, that's a good, that's probably a really close analogy. Um, man, I think it's the, 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 the only problem that I see almost is like, uh, how many people did, did Jordan do that to, you know, for every Jordan, not only was there a Carl Malone, but there is a Gary Payton. There is a, there's a, there's one up. You What's know, that? he those are one offs. He beat Peyton once. He beat Barkley once. Um, you know, you could say he beat Magic, even though Lakers fandom or not, I still say if if James Worthy didn't get hurt, I don't think they won that. I I don't think they were beating the Lakers that first year. The Lakers won Game One and Worthy got hurt, and that changed yeah. the whole series. So I mean, you can say he beat them, but you know, you look at before those those title runs. He wasn't yeah. beating Larry Bird, and he wasn't beating Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. But yeah. he consecutively um, he consecutively beat Carl Malone. It's kind of where, yeah. where I, I, I'm or, – or is it – is the Penguins the Lakers to the Capitals, the Sacramento Kings in those 2000, early 2000s? I pr- I probably equate it to that to be honest. I, I would okay. because because when you look at that when you look at that makeup of that team, um, and the structure. I mean, it, it you know not only were you getting beat by Sid, but they also got Malkin, man. I mean, it, you know you got exactly, and I think that's that's probably the the, the comparable that I, I would look at. And if that's the case, yeah, he, they could easily be they could he could easily be the uh, you know the Mike Bibby of uh, <laughs> of, of the NHL. Is Nick Backstrom Mike Bibby, whereas Ovechkin's Chris Webber? Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably uh, all right. Does that make like, PJ Oshi uh, white chocolate? No, he'd be like Peja. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's good during the regular season, but when the playoffs come, his numbers go down. Yeah, from the rings to the rink, we got you covered. <laughs> and and great, great hope he's the guy plug in the middle. He's your Vladdy. Oh, man. That's bad. Uh, yeah, I love. That's where it's at. You know, yeah, I agree. You know, there's definitely it's going to be one of those things that'll go down in history as far as it goes, where they've they've underperformed against their peer, uh, the the ones that they need to beat in order to break that cusp or make that uh, make that break that barrier, if you will. Not to um, too far. One other one, real quick, that that just came to my mind that I think is a really good one. Sidney Crosby is Eli, where Ovechkin is Tom Brady. Tom Brady tears up the league with all the best stats, and then he gets to the to the the big one, but he can't beat Eli. He just you know Ovi lights up lights up all the statistics, but he just can't beat Sid. Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely right. Yeah, except except obviously the difference there is that he still wants some. That's the problem. Oh man, I love it. I got goosebumps. Anyway, floor is um, yours. 
All right. So, you know, obviously you and I made some, some slight predictions uh, last weekend when it came to some of these series. And, I'll, uh, you know, you, you called out one that we missed on, and that's the Sharks. Um, what about the second one that we missed on in that West, man? The, the Knights over the Kings right now. You know, and this is something, too, where I thought the Kings or I thought the Knights, if they kept playing their fast-paced game and the way that they do things, I thought they had a good chance to win. Because if you look at Jonathan Quick's play, you know, you go to game one, he lets up one goal, and they just lose one to nothing. So Jonathan Quick still did what he was supposed to. He just, you know, he missed one. You look at game two, I think he had 55 saves in that double overtime game and then lets up the game winner. So I think Jonathan Quick is doing everything he's supposed to do. Now, I will say this, is you look at the 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 Golden Knights. Uh, yeah, game two, he let up two goals, 56 shots. You look at the Golden Knights, and they've been a superior team at home. A lot of people think it's because, you know, sometimes the the road team maybe didn't have the greatest curfew. You know, it's speculation, but I've heard it from more than just casual people say it. I've heard it from big-name people. And obviously the second time through, you should have that under control. But it's enough where you were able to lock in a great home record. They win their two games at home, albeit nail-biters, but they pull it off. Once again, game three, they're in L.A., but they just they manage to just pull it off at the end. Cody Eakin gets one. Once again, James Neal manages to find the net. Carlson scores. Kopitar gets them back. But by the time Kopitar scored to make it 3-2, they only had two minutes left. You look at Vegas. They Look at this. Um, so they're down one nothing the whole game. Uh, 6-10 into the third, Cody Eakin scores. 14-23, James Neal scores. And then 21 seconds later, William Carlson scores. They're scoring in real quick spots, and they're doing – they're catching them. And I think the Kings are playing about as well as they can. But, I mean, what are you going to do when the team's that fast? And one thing that I really look at that I think – is something that is really hurting this team is, you know, Drew Doughty plays 27 minutes last game. How healthy is Drew Doughty really? Like that's yeah. what really makes me wonder. Cause, cause Drew Doughty, when he's healthy and, and, you know, after losing game one, they talked to Alex Martinez. And one of the questions was, do you think you're going to have Doughty for the series? And he said, I hope so. Because when he's on, he's the best defenseman in the league. And, you know, I'd, I'd be one to argue that you could say the top three demon in the league are Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, and Victor Hedman. And I, and, and I think Doughty sometimes challenges Carlson for that top spot. But if you don't have him healthy, he's not there to support Jonathan Quick like he should. And I think that's one thing that Vegas is taking advantage of that not a lot of people are putting into the – the limelight and really giving the credit for. So they're, you know, they're taking advantage of it. You look at game two and game one, Drew Downey didn't play. So he makes his playoff debut game three uh, Sunday night. And what happens when he, when he makes it, he plays 27 minutes and he hadn't played all series. I guarantee you he was a little fatigued. So, 
So obviously giving credit where credit's due also on the other side here. I mean, you, you know, you talk about some of the home field advantages and some of the gold play of, of quick, but what about Mark Andre Fleury? All right. Not only are you talking about the three, two game just, uh, just a moment ago, but even so he faced 39 shots and saved against 37 uh, and, and obviously had 37 saves. Um, you know, that was, that was a tremendous game. You look at games two or games one and two, the Kings had exactly 30 shots in both games. Obviously, with a double, being a double overtime game, he got a lot less work when the goal, you know, and that's also saying the Golden Knights put on 56 shots. They almost doubled them in game two. Yeah. So in five periods of hockey, he faced six shots a period. Yeah. So I don't think he was really tested. But to what you just pointed out, he was tested in game three. Stopping 37-39 in L.A. too, the first road game in franchise history, that's why you brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. Is, yeah. yeah, in game two, you know, he didn't see many shots. That's fine. But he didn't let up. The, he, he didn't, you know, sometimes when, sometimes you see these teams who don't have as many shots lose to the team, you know, and, and they have more shots because they're keeping the other goalie hot. Whereas their goalie's getting cold because he's just standing there doing nothing. Mark Andre Fleury didn't get that way. You know, if if you look back in the early '90s when the St. Louis Blues, you know, went to like 17 playoffs in a row, a lot of the heart of that was when they had Curtis Joseph. Curtis Joseph would see more rubber than a tire shop, and because of that, he stayed hot and would always play out of his mind, then Brett Hull and Brendan Shanahan would go down the other way and catch a goalie who hasn't seen a, sh- a shot in three, four minutes, and they'd catch him with a two-on-one break. So I almost think sometimes it's better to see more shots. I would, you know, one guy we talked about, John Sebastian Jaguar, that, that 2004 year when they made a Stanley Cup run and lost in seven to the Devils, Jaguar still won playoff MVP because of how great he played. I mean, the Wild played him in the conference finals and scored one goal in four games. They got shut out three times. So, yeah. I say sometimes seeing more shots is a good thing, but where Marc Andre Fleury comes in as a veteran goalie, who, yes, the two Stanley Cup back-to-back runs that Pittsburgh made in the last two years was with Martin Murray and not Fleury. He was the backup. But if you look in 08 and 09, when he was the, the starter, they lost in seven to the Red Wings and then came back and beat the Red Wings the following year. So he's seen Stanley Cup playoff hockey. So obviously I'm going to keep this all on the goalies here and, uh, and, and I'm going to switch over to uh, – or not even switch over. We're going to still stay in the West, rather – Colorado, uh, first game at home after going down 2-0 to the Nashville Predators, throw up five goals, four of them on Pecorini. Uh, Nashville pulls Pecorini from the goal and uh, puts in uh, um, Juicy Saros, uh, and uh, he goes 18 for 18 on the saves, doesn't give up another, uh, another peg of the night. What, uh, what's, the, what's the category there? What's, what's the problem? Uh, is, it, is it just a travel day? Is it something to be worried about? You still play Pecorini. You don't go against him. You guys made the cup last year with him. He's one of the top five goalies in the NHL. I think Colorado being so bad over the last few years, I think the crowd was, you know, I think the crowd was hype. And I think the crowd was excited to see a home game again after they hadn't seen one in a while. Nathan McKinnon comes out, puts in two goals. Gabriel Landis Cog gets a goal. Miko um, Ranton, Landis Cog, McKinnon just played tremendous. If you look at McKinnon's goal, 
his first goal and his second goal. Landis Cog assisted on both of them. Rantanen assists on both the Landis Cog goal and one of the McKinnon goals. That line was on fire. I just I think they came out hot. They had a hot crowd and they wanted to make an example and really, really try to get back in that series. I, I think Pecorino still plays game four. I think if it's and and you know to his credit there was a couple goals that were that were nice follow up you know Blake Comaru uh, got a tip and goal for his first goal uh, Bork uh, the second goal of the night in that first period was another tip and goal McKinnon both of his goals were great wrist shots um, you know I he, he came across a slot point Blake there's nothing he could do on those I I watched him struggle with those kind of goals and then you know Landis Cog same thing throws that wrister in. But if you look at, at Nashville, to give a positive, after those initial goals, they scored three goals. Uh, you know, they went on a 3-1 three, three run and started trying to make a comeback. They just got off slow. And, you know, McKinnon, you know, we talked about McKinnon last, last week where, you know, you brought up how good he did. I think, it, I think it was just we're home, we're excited, and we need to get back in the series, and, and they did it. And when you get two tipping goals on Pecorine – you're not going to get many goals otherwise on them if you don't screen them and get these tips. They did that, changed the fortune. And I'll put this a lot on, on the Nashville defense. You know, when you have Roman Yossi and, and P.K. Subban back there, you have two of the best defensemen in the league. You need to be stopping shots. And there is no way that you should be doing what the Wild did with Pecker or Patrick Laine and letting a guy – like Nathan McKinnon just come across the come across the front and just just shelf these goals. You know, Roman Yossi was a negative was a minus three. Ryan Ellis, who's another stud defensive, was a minus three. Subban was a minus one. They were not doing their job when McKinnon and Landis Cog and Mika uh Mika Rantanen were on the ice. You look at Nashville, Philippe Forsberg had six shots on goal, didn't get one in. And then the exact opposite, which is which is just as disappointing. Kyle Turris, who you traded for uh, to make that big splash, didn't even get a shot on goal. So I think it was just a bad night for Nashville and a really good night for Colorado. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm. So what you're saying is uh, Nashville still wins that series? Yeah, I, I, I'll say four two. I think Nashville. I think Nashville may take game four. I think Co- Colorado comes out, gets that hungry. I'll say game five is a close game. And then I think they close it out in Colorado um, and make a statement. Cause I just, I don't see Pecorine having this problem. Once again, though, if, if Subban Ellis Ekholm and, and uh, uh, Roman Yossi do their job, McKinnon and Landis Cog aren't getting those three wrist shots off. So now you've eliminated three goals. The two tippings you really can't do much about but by eliminating those three easy wristers that they took, you've now won this game 3-2. So it completely yeah. changes the fortune. And, and, you know, like I said, it shows Ellis and Yossi were a minus three. That's not what you want from those two guys. No, absolutely. Uh, let's see. You know, we uh, again bouncing back to the east here. We got uh, the Maple Leafs Bruins leads up 2-1 in that series. Uh, they win the last game 4-2. Uh, Boston, any shot? Yeah, I, I think Boston still wins the series. You know, if you look at the games in Boston, once again, Toronto outshoots Boston, yet Boston wins 7-3, to three scoring on, on 25% of their shots. 28 shots, 7 goals. 
I mean, that was a pinpoint beating. Where Toronto, a lot of the young kids, William uh, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, uh, Leo Komarov, guys like that, just don't have that experience yet, I think, where they're flipping shots on, but they're not quality shots. They're not getting anything. And you look at game one, Boston just came out swinging. Five to one game, 40 shots on goal. But if you look at just some of the numbers from some of these guys, I mean, it was it was just there. There wasn't a lot that Toronto was able to do to start. And I say that with you know Marchand, Brad Marchand, five assists by game two, five assists. Patrice Bergeron, five assists by game two. You know David Pasternak, four goals by game two. This this was. Not something, you know, Pasternak, he had nine points through two games. And David Pasternak is not a guy that should be doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not dogging him, but, you know, let's not forget Boston traded for Rick Nash. He puts a goal in game two. So, you know, they still have that wild card in a guy like Rick Nash who can do this. Now, Toronto, they came out. James Rand, Reams Knight scored a goal. Patrick Marlowe, yes, he's 40, but that's the reason they traded for Marlowe. He puts one in. Austin Matthews finally gets on the board and then Matthews gets a second to kind of cap off the game on a wrist shot with an, I believe it was an empty netter. Uh, Mitch Martin or getting Mitch Martin getting his third assist. Thomas Bohanic finally getting on the board as well. Toronto. Yes. They may start to make this a series, but if you look at Boston's final two months, I want to say March mid February to the, to the end of, of the season in mid April, they were the hottest team in the league. They literally, if they would have beat Florida or tied Florida, they would have been the number one seed and been playing the Devils, not Toronto. That's how hot they got that they almost caught Tampa Bay. So I, I don't see them slowing down. You know, Toronto, this is back-to-back years in the playoffs. I think they're going to be around for a long time. And I think getting Marner and and Matthews together playing well, I think it's going to be a good thing. I just... Boston's on another level right now, and, and you know I, I think I, I think I heard somewhere something like nobody has had nine points in the first two games of the playoffs in like forty years or something when when oh. David Pasternak is doing that like it's it just I mean four goals five assists by you know in the first two games is just unheard of. Yeah, that, that that's a, that's a crazy a crazy stat. Uh, good news for Toronto fans. Obviously, they'll no longer be throwing the sweaters on the ice in shame. Uh, obviously, making the playoffs <laughs> not the, the last year, but this year. So, um, shout out to the Leafs, uh, you know, for being uh, being doing what they're doing. I think they still take this series. Um, and should uh, be happy regardless because their team is showing that yes, we struggled, but now through the draft and a good front office we have drafted really good players. I know everyone goes, well, duh, they drafted Austin Matthews with the number one pick. I'm not talking about Matthews. I'm talking about the Mitch Marner and the William Nylander and guys like that. They, you know, uh, Morgan Riley, they, they built a good young team. And I think that's dedication to how well, the, you know, they clean house and this new front office is doing a great job. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. They, and just like they say up north there, it's uh, trust the process, eh? But sorry, I had Austin, to. I had to. Can we get it? <laughs> um, but you know the. Uh, 
are, are you privy to the local score or no? I was, I was watching on my phone. So, so obviously, you know, now they're down three, one. Is it, uh, is it over for the wild? <sighs> yeah, I think it is. And it sucks too. I think, I think that Zach Parise injury really hurt because it's like a six to eight week, I think fractured sternum, you know, he had, he had the goal in game two. He had a goal in game one. He gets a goal in game three and game one, literally they doubled our shots 40 to 20. And we made a defensive error, letting Patrick line get across the blue line and make him make Christian Foley and screen Dubnik to shelf that wrister. If that play doesn't happen, and that's the play I think if we had Suter doesn't happen because Suter's going to go, that dude's compared to Timu Solani, the hell I'm letting him take a shot across the blue line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there was no urgency. He came in and was dilly-dallying like he was playing NHL open ice. It's like, ah, I think I'll just do this. <laughs> and he, he just can't. He was he was Jimmy Butler adjacent because he didn't take it match. Um, but you know, you look at before that happened, that Granlin the Parise goal was tremendous to take the two one lead off that Koivu pass when he got laid out. I think by Bufflin. So game one was a game that I wasn't mad they lost. I thought that was a game that they could have easily won. This could have been a 2-1 series going into tonight, which they lost. And, you know, they lost 2-0, but let's be real. This, the second goal they let up was an empty netter. Yep. You know, and, you know Mark Sheffley. Sheffley gets two goals tonight. And, you know, the, the goal that Sheffley scored tonight was a snapshot across the blue line. There was only there – was, there was 28 seconds left in the period. So if they get that out of there, that, that goal doesn't happen. And now it's 0-0 going into overtime. I think the yeah, play- it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I you know you look. I looked. I look at a lot of the games this year, and I feel like honestly, I think I don't know if it's just me or if it's um, if it's goalies as a whole or if it's just Dubnik. But I feel like if you ever get that big body in front of him, he becomes more more so of a liability than some uh, than some goalies. And, and I think that's kind of a testament to any goalie. If you screen a goalie, you know, I mean, you're stopping a small object with a human being in front of you. It's it's not the easiest thing to do. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, but I, I, I just seem like it seems like he's he either either our our guys can't get him off the block, which is even worse, right? In which case we we're not getting the guy out of there, and then and then I again I just feel like I, he's so clouded by it. Like I just don't know. I I, I there, that that screen is. I feel it's probably one of our team's weak points as far as it goes. Did I uh, did I die? 